Food Heals Podcast, episode 253. A lot of people feel alone. If you're feeling that, examine, is it true that you're alone? Or is it that there's something going on in your head where you've convinced yourself that people don't care about you or that you don't have anyone in your life you can turn to? Sometimes that's not actually the reality. That's just the story that you're telling yourself. The thing that's helped the most is taking ashwagandha, probably like five days out of the week. So small doses over time are how it's going to be most effective. It helps your body adapt to stress. Build courage, build strength, build confidence confidence because the truth is life changes. So when we work on ourselves and we release some of that energy or we are able to identify it, then it builds our confidence. That gives us the courage to allow life and experience life without going into this overwhelming anxiety feeling. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And today is part two of our special series on anxiety, which is the most common mental illness in the United States. And I know it's something that has affected me so many times throughout my life. And having tools that I can call upon at any time are vitally important to my health. So today we're chatting with DNA energy healing expert and my personal therapist, Lisa Thomas. We're also talking with healthy living crusader, eco-vegan gal, a favorite around here, Whitney Lauritsen, and plant-based chef and founder of Fork and Plants, my bestie, Melissa Glashevsky, to get their tips on how they cope with anxiety and depression. As we know, the two go hand in hand. All right, next up, our interview with Whitney, Melissa, and Lisa. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Today, our topic is overcoming anxiety and depression, and I'm with two of my favorite ladies who have a lot to say about this topic. You know them very well, Food Heals Nation, but in case you're new, I'm going to let them quickly introduce themselves. Ladies, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Whitney Lauritsen, and I do a lot of work in the wellness world. I've run a brand called Eco Vegan Gal for over 10 years now to help people understand more about plant-based eating and being more eco-conscious. Now I do a lot of high-performance wellness coaching. I have a new brand called Wellevator that I run with my friend Jason Robel. And we actually have a special gift. Is this a good time to mention it? It's always a good time okay. to mention, <laughs> mention something free. Yeah, yes. of course. Well, because we're talking about anxiety and depression, these are topics that Jason and I are really passionate about helping people work through. Jason especially is really phenomenal support system for people that are struggling with depression. And he shares a lot of his story with that. So depending on when you opt in, you might get multiple gifts from us. One we can guarantee is called You Are Enough. And it is a new workbook to help you figure out limiting beliefs that you're having about yourself. And I know so many people that just think I'm not enough. And I think that 
not enough feeling can really be tied into depression, whether it's just the feeling of depression, I think especially, maybe not so much when it comes to clinical depression, but just when you're feeling depressed. Sometimes it's that you just don't think that you're good enough. Your life isn't good enough. You're not doing enough. It's just that ongoing not enoughness. So if you opt into our list, you can text the word mood, M-O-O-D, to the number 66866. And you will instantly receive this You Are Enough workbook for free. You can also go to our website, which is wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com to get that. If you send us a message, I'll make sure that you get one of Jason's workbooks about depression as well. Well, thank you so much for that resource right from the start. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I hope I I get some resources from this, there's your first one. So (laughs) we'll start there. And Melissa, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hello, I am Melissa Glasheski. I run the brand Fork and Plants, and I'm a plant-based personal chef and doing everything I can to help people eat healthier and thrive. I love that. And Melissa, what's your freebie for Food Heals Nation? (laughs) So my freebie, if you go to my website, which is forkinplants.com, it's going to pop up on your screen. You submit your email address and you'll get a freebie for a healthy pantry swaps guide. So it'll take you through six common ingredients that you probably have in your cabinets or your fridge, and then it will give you healthier alternatives for those and why I think you should switch to that healthier alternative. Amazing. Super helpful. Is that going to be in the resource list for the episode too? (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, Whitney. It certainly will. I'm just curious. (laughs) Yes, we have an amazing show notes writer who's been on the show, Mel B. She will make sure to put both of your resources and links in the show notes at foodhealsnation.com. Was that your segue to make me say, like, go to my website? Yeah, exactly. We haven't even started the episode yet, and we're all just promoting our shit. Okay, it's but okay because you guys are my friends. We're, we're offering support. We're, yes. we're giving support resources for people to improve their life. Yes, and if I didn't think that those resources were so valuable, I would not have you here with me on the show today. <laughs> But ladies, I know that this is something that so many people are struggling with. And what are some of the things that you've personally found in your personal experiences that have really helped you get through those moments of anxiety, those moments of depression, whether it's um, something that happens quickly where you just get that text and it stresses you out and you're like, I have to get out of this quickly or something more deep where you have to really overcome a trauma. Can you guys tell me some of your, your best tips and advice that's worked for you? I've been on this journey for a long time. The first time I started really thinking about it was when I was a freshman in college. I actually went to see a psychiatrist who helped me work through my eating disorder and helping me identify the emotional things that were going on that were leading me to have disordered eating, basically. And through those therapy sessions, she also helped me become more aware of myself. And I, I really started to become very fascinated with consciousness, self-help, personal development, and just figuring out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Because I did feel like I was depressed when I was in college, and I actually even went on antidepressants because it felt so overwhelming. Yeah. And I remember at the end of my freshman year of college, I didn't think I could even finish it because sometimes those emotions felt so strong. Looking back, I don't think it was actual clinical depression. I don't think of my, 
you know, a lot of antidepressants are there to help with the chemical imbalance. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if that is what was going on. I think I was just in such a massive transition period of my life, which I think is probably very common when, especially your first year of college, when you're leaving your home, when you're going somewhere new, where you're around new people and doing new things, you're on your own. When I was 24 years old, I told my dad I was having a quarter life crisis and he just (laughs) laughed and laughed and (laughs) laughed. But I'm like, no, it's a real thing. Mm. Like it's exact. It's that transition period. Yeah. And I wish that more people had been talking about it back then. When I was in college, we didn't have Instagram, social media. I think that's one of the plus sides of social media right now is that a lot of people are talking about mental health and they're talking about anxiety and depression and all these strong emotions, which we're very fortunate. But on the other hand, it's become very muddy because some people have different definitions of what anxiety and depression mean. Some people use those terms very loosely. Mm -hmm. So the long story short is that I've been paying attention to to this within my own life for a long time. And it's an ongoing process. And anytime I do feel those sad emotions, those down emotions, those times where I don't feel good enough, or I feel like something's wrong with me, or I just don't feel motivated... I immediately look for the opportunity to go within. And sometimes that's really challenging to do because I'll want to fix it really fast. But it's just about slowing down, pausing or stopping everything and trying to identify the source of those feelings. I find I don't even need to know exactly where they came from. It's just giving myself that space and knowing that it's okay to feel that way has really helped me a lot. So it's not always about getting specific answers. It's just accepting that that's where I'm at in that moment and knowing that it'll pass. It's like mindfulness. It's mm-hmm. like being aware and accepting it and being okay with it instead of overstressing about the fact that you are feeling that way in the moment. And when you can sit with it in like a loving and conscious way instead of overstressing about the fact that you're stressing, it can make all the difference. And sometimes it's just about taking a deep breath. And I know that's so basic, but it's like, oh my God, the breath can do so much to calm the nervous system and to let you look at it from a different perspective or take a break from it, you know, take a break from that. I'm like, you know what you were saying, you know, sometimes it's hard to stop and I'm type A and I'm go, go, go. So for me to stop and take that moment, it can actually be, I can have anxiety about the stopping and slowing down. Mm -hmm. But then once I do, I'm always so grateful that I did. So it's a really good tip. I'm a big fan of using whatever tools I can to help me become more mindful too. I think the breath is, is really huge. And that's something I've learned a lot over 10 years of doing yoga and taking meditation classes and all that. I also love aromatherapy. That's one of my favorite go-tos when I'm feeling anxiety or or stressed or or low moods, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Just the smell of something that I really enjoy, I feel like is incredibly therapeutic. So I keep all sorts of things in my home. Mm -hmm. I have candles and I have essential oils and diffusers and sage and Palo Santo and incense, and I could just go on and on. So many different forms of aromatherapy. And I find that that can instantly boost my mood. Just the right smell will trigger a more positive emotion. And that is a reminder for me that this too shall pass and that maybe I I don't feel entirely in control, but if I can just have those little things that can shift my mood, then I know that I'm going in the positive direction. 
Totally. I have like the little essential oils by my bed. I wake up, I go to bed, I put the ones that are energizing on my hand in the morning. Mm -hmm. I rub my palms together and I just breathe in. And oh my God, it feels so good. Yeah, it's really, really uplifting. And you can take them internally too. Mm -hmm. There are all sorts of different natural remedies, again, essential oils or flower essences or some herbs. And there are studies being done that they have a really beneficial response to our body in those times. Actually, if I can plug one that has worked really well for me, it's Gaia Herbs, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite companies in terms of their integrity of ingredients. They have this formulation called Calm ASAP Mm -hmm. that I have found so incredibly effective. It, It really works I thought at first it might be like a placebo effect, but uh-huh. but I just paid attention to how I felt after taking it, and I felt different after taking it. So placebo effect or not, if I feel better, <laughs> it like, it's great. Yeah. I like the Bach Flowers Rescue Remedy. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is really powerful, and you can use it on your pets, too. So yeah, pet remedy. It yeah. works really well for pets. Yeah. So if you're going to, you know, take your pet maybe on a plane, or just some pets get anxiety just getting in the car, you know, so mm-hmm. whatever it is is for your pet if you know that they're going to be anxious you know give them a little rescue remedy and it's you know all natural it's totally healing it's no drugs nothing like that it's really mm-hmm. good what about you melissa so i actually grew up with a lot of anxiety i just didn't know that that's what it was when i was a kid <laughs> yeah i had like alcoholic parents and our household was always very chaotic so there was always a lot of anxiety definitely led to depression and things like that And then I started seeing a therapist when I went to college and they prescribed Zoloft and various medications, which made me worse. Yeah. Like a lot worse. And I was like, I can't do this. So I just like, after a while of trying different medications, I just kind of quit cold turkey and was like, I don't think this is helping me. So I'm not going to take it. And I just kind of dealt with the anxiety for a while. And then as I learned more about herbal remedies and meditation, things like that, I started incorporating those into my life. And I feel like they've made a huge difference. I love that. Yeah. The thing that's helped the most is taking ashwagandha. I take a very small amount of it, probably like five days out of the week. So Mm -hmm. small doses over time are how it's going to be most effective in helping anxiety, stress, things like that. And it's adaptogenic. Yes. So it helps your body adapt to stress. Yeah. And like it gives you what you need at that time, which is like so cool. It is. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying you were telling us earlier offline um, that you put it in your coffee because you want the positive effects of the coffee, but you don't want the jitteriness. So tell mm-hmm. us about exactly. that. Exactly. So if ever I'm having a caffeinated drink in the morning, I put a little bit of ashwagandha in there and it, I don't get those coffee jitters or I don't get the cortisol spike that can kind of stress me out which happens when I have coffee sometimes. Yeah. So it balances out that, like creates homeostasis in my body, which is very nice when you get anxiety from coffee and you don't want anxiety. And there's a couple cool brands that incorporate ashwagandha into their coffees. Mm -hmm. One of them is Four Sigmatic, which is so fantastic. What I love about them is it's instant coffee. So it's great for when you're traveling, you're on the go. You can just mix it into hot water. I don't know if it works in cold water. It does. It's so wonderful. So the the latte that I made you before you came over and told me you were on a cleanse has has the Four Sigmatic in it. Oh, you're killing me. So Vince is enjoying it. over there the other one is rebel r-e-b-b-l they make these pre-made drinks on the shelf and one of them has ashwagandha in it and and it's so delicious it's like an instant it's a latte basically and 
man, those are so satisfying. So Both good. those brands are phenomenal in terms of their ingredients and their functional ingredients are really unique as well. So side note, so I sent my friend on one of our episodes that we did that was about healing the gut with Dr. B and Whitney was on the episode. And my friend was like, her voice, it's just so calming. Like, I just want to listen to her speak. Like, can she lead a meditation for me? So like, if you're having anxiety, just listen to Whitney talk. Yeah, you should lead a meditation. I'd listen. Right? Her voice is like, and then like, you would hear me and I was like, I kept chiming in and I'd be like, oh my God. And like this and this and Whitney's just like all like, well, Dr. B, like, tell us more about that. <laughs> and I was like all excited and like hyper. It's so funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, that actually, I feel like ties into this topic of other people pointing out your yeah. qualities. I think that's actually one of the best things that you can do when you're feeling low. If it's not a chemical imbalance, again, there's a difference between a chemical imbalance and then feeling emotionally low, maybe something triggered you. Right. Right. So sometimes we, our self-esteem is really at the root of why we're feeling that way. Again, coming back to the not enoughness. And by the way, the workbook that I provided in the beginning, which again is at wellevator.com, it has affirmations in it, which are really helpful. So reading them out loud to yourself or just having conversations with friends that love you and are able to express how they feel about you, asking your friends to say something positive about you and or laughing together is, yeah. is really one of the best natural highs there is. So if you can put yourself around positive people, have positive conversations and experiences with each other, it really makes such a big difference. And I think if somebody close to you in your life can tell you a compliment, for example, it is this instant boost. It's a self-esteem boost and it just feels good to hear. So I think that's one of the, the best things that you can do for yourself. The trouble is that not everybody feels comfortable mm-hmm. seeking out those situations. Mm-hmm. I think that's also very common is a lot of people feel alone. And I would really encourage you, if you're feeling that, to examine, is it true that you're alone? Or is it that there's something going on in your head where you've convinced yourself that people don't care about you or that you don't have anyone in your life you can turn to? Sometimes that's not actually the reality. That's just the story that you're telling yourself. So if you can examine it, you could go through your Facebook list, for example, and just (laughs) say like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't thought to reach out to that person or spend time with that person in a while. Maybe this is a good opportunity to get together with someone and catch up with them. And you may spark a friendship or a relationship of any sort with somebody because you're looking for that connection, but that's also going to lead to a long-term dynamic between the two of you that's that's giving you ongoing support and ongoing good feelings. I agree. And like, you know, to go off of what you're saying, I would just also say that like, we are the epitome of the top five people that we spend the most time with. And so if you are going to make that phone call, when you want to talk to someone and feel uplifted, do not call the person in your life who loves to play the victim who's always negative, who everything happens to them. And they are constantly in a bad mood, because if you call them, they're going to bring you down, call the person that is uplifting that will listen that won't make it about them. And you know, I feel like 
when I was younger, like all my friends were just not all my friends, but a lot of us, including myself, were just vibrating on a lower frequency, complaining a lot. And when you complain to another complainer, nothing good comes out of that. Because <laughs> then yeah. you two just make everything worse. So be very conscious of who is in that top five, of who you're reaching out to, of who you're on the phone with um, when you're in those states. Because otherwise, people can really bring you down and then yes. you could feel worse. So it's like be picky and choosy about who you're sharing with and only, you know, talk to the high vibe people in your life and if you don't have them do what Whitney said go on Facebook and find some more high vibe people or go to a local community event and start meeting people that you really vibrate with and like you can form friendships fast like that's what Melissa and I did that's what Whitney and Mm -hmm. I did as soon as we met you know and you start bonding with people that um, you didn't you may not have met before because you weren't at their level but now you're up leveling your life you're becoming a healthier happier person that's what you know everyone on this show is trying to do and all the listeners and all the guests and so as you're up leveling you got to keep that friendship circle up leveling as well. Yes. You actually can find that within Food Heals Nation. You oh, know, yeah. Allison has a phenomenal Facebook group for that. And a lot of the work that I'm doing with Jason on our Wellevator project is about bringing people together because we see so much value in that and, and making connections. And I also want to remind people that I'm introverted. Melissa's introverted. Do you consider yourself introverted? I'm Allison? totally introverted playing <laughs> extrovert. Yeah. Like I'm real good at it, but then I need to go like be alone for two days straight after too much extroversion. Exactly. Like yeah. after my conferences and events, don't talk to me. I don't schedule <laughs> conference calls. I don't schedule dinners or get togethers. I don't schedule podcast episodes. Leave me alone to my own devices. Just let me be me and then I'll come back and be extroverted again. But I need the downtime. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mental block for some people is that they yeah. think, oh, well, I, I'm not good at making new friends. I'm too introverted. Mm-hmm. I'm too shy. You might be surprised. If you're around the right people, they can draw out sides of you that you're not expecting. And again, as Allison said, finding the positive people. They exist. There's yes. a lot of them out there. And you just have to look for them. And I think that's part of the commitment. A lot of these tips that we're giving you today may sound easier said than done. And another thing that I would say is you need to be committed to it. You have to be committed to your well-being. I know people that really want to wallow in their low feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice, in my opinion. Again, unless it's a true chemical imbalance, in which case seeking out a medical professional is, is probably in your best interest. Or go back to Jason Robel's story. One of the best things that he shares is how he learned that not only was it a bit of a chemical imbalance for him, it was also about the nutrition and he wasn't absorbing the right nutrients Mm -hmm. and that was greatly affecting the way he felt physically and mentally. And as I said earlier, when you sign up at wellevator.com, I'll see if I can get some of his free resources specifically around boosting your mood and working through depression because he found through getting his blood test done that he was not assimilating, I think is the correct term, Mm -hmm. the right nutrients, Mm -hmm. or it was about the foods that he was eating. He had to start to switch to taking certain supplements. And a medical professional was the person that helped him get to the root of that. So point A is that figure out what is really the cause there. And then B, if once you get through any of the chemical related imbalances in your body, if they are there, 
then it becomes a choice. Yeah. You, you need to really sit back and say, am I choosing to feel bad for myself? Am I choosing to feel upset? Am I choosing to think that everything is going wrong in my life and that I'm not a good person and that I don't know anybody? And if you can empower yourself and be committed to taking these steps and going through the suggestions that we've been talking about today you will see results very quickly. I mean, even just starting to take those herbs, the doing the aromatherapy, having the coffee or whatever drinks that we've been talking about here, those things could uplift you so quickly. And then you start implementing the harder things or the more long-term changes for yourself. And you'll be amazed at the difference it makes in your life. Absolutely. And our gut is our second brain. So think about that. If your gut is not healthy, how do you expect your brain chemicals to be firing right? You know, and so we got to take a look at what we're feeding ourselves. And obviously, you guys know, this This is food heals. I mean, 101, right? But like, I always remind myself of that, like, okay, if I am experiencing something that I don't feel in the moment is related to my past trauma, which very often it is, but I'm like, okay, why am I feeling so down? Like, you know, maybe it's because, oh, I didn't eat so well yesterday, or I ate something that was on my um, naughty list, you know, mm-hmm. on my moderation list, but I didn't have it in moderation. So mm-hmm. I always try to look at those types of things. Um, I was going to say when we were talking about before is some people like feeling wallowing and feeling sorry for themselves. Like that's their comfort level. Like Ooh. that's what they know. And I know that I had to do a lot of work to get out of my comfort zone to heal and become less anxious because I always like function well when I'm a little anxious, but I know it's doing a lot of damage internally. So you have to do a lot of work to get uncomfortable, even being introverted. You sometimes have to be in some uncomfortable situations, but it definitely helps overall. Change happens when the pain happens. You feel the pain, things change. Yes, that is really true. And I think that's a huge part of self-reflection is is understanding why you're choosing to do certain Mm -hmm. things in your life and where you feel most comfortable and being brave. It's it's about cultivating that courage to say, I'm going to do something uncomfortable. I mean, Allison referred briefly to the fact that I'm doing a fast right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, fasts I think are phenomenal. The one that I'm doing is, is really about resetting your body, which is one of the purposes of many fasts and cleanses. It really depends on which one you're doing. If there's structure behind it, luckily the one that I'm doing is very regimented. So it's like outlined for you and That's you, good. you have a guide and you, you get to speak to a health coach or a nutritionist or dietitian, one of those uh, that consults with you to make sure you're on track, which I do recommend mm-hmm. because there are fasts and cleanse out there that that right. may be more of a fad than an actual right. health benefit. But one of the things that I love about doing things like this from time to time is that it's a good mental challenge and it does make you feel physically uncomfortable sometimes, but you learn through that to be okay in the discomfort. Meditation is great for that too. A huge part of meditation is just not moving your body, yeah. which is so challenging. It's uncomfortable to sit in silence right. mm-hmm. and not do anything, but you're training yourself to be comfortable in the discomfort. And I think that that, that takes a lot of commitment and courage. And I don't know how else to suggest that you get into it other than just to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. Perfect segue into my tips because I know exactly how to get into it, especially for people that have a very active mind and have a very active to-do list, are type A and need to do things and cross things off and be very active about it. Here's what you do when you're experiencing those moments of anxiety and depression and you have, let's say, 30 minutes, okay? 
You're going to make sure that you are alone. So no friends, family nearby. Dogs are okay, (laughs) unless they're going to like harass you or something. But sleeping dogs are cool. But no kids, no family, no phone. Take the phone out of the room. Don't even have it in your purview because even if it's on silent, you Mm -hmm. still might be like, oh, let me just check it. Mm -hmm. So no phone, blah, blah, blah. All right. It's called write and burn. Open up a notebook or take some scrap paper. doesn't really matter. Recycled paper is fine. You're not going to keep this. So don't put it in your beautiful golden journal that you might, you know, (laughs) keep for your dream and manifestation dreams. Okay, so you're going to write down, I am angry because, I am sad because, I am blah, blah, blah. It can just start with, this guy cut me off in traffic and I have not gotten over it. Like, Or it could be really deep, like my friend did this to me, I am feeling this way about that person. Or it can be, you know, I'm still not over the fact that such and such person in my life did this to me a long time ago, whether it was a childhood issue or something more recent, doesn't matter. You're just going to write and write and write. And what's going to happen is... You're slowly going to start to discover what's under the reason that you were mad about someone in traffic. And all this stuff is going to come out. It's going to come out of your body. You might get angry. You might get sad. You might start to cry. All of this is fine. You're going to go back to all of these feelings that may have been trapped inside of you since childhood, may have been trapped inside of you since last week. It doesn't matter. The point is the energy of the anger, the fear, the rejection, the sadness is out of your body. It's on those pages. Then you are going to burn the pages because we don't want this to be anywhere in your energy sphere anymore. So you burn the pages. If you're in a hotel room or something, please don't light a fire. (laughs) So make sure that you cut them up or you rip them up, you know, flush them, get rid of them so that they're no longer a part of you. Then the beautiful thing that happens is you get into that place that Whitney was talking about without any effort where you just feel like so much peace. It's literally like the same feeling that you get like after an orgasm or like <laughs> after a good release. glass of wine. Yeah. yeah, it's like such a release. I gotta start writing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Write it down, girl. Get it out of your system. And then you experience all of the peace. And then you can either A, get on with your day, or you can do the exact practices that Whitney was just talking about. We are like, okay, now I feel ready to meditate. Where before I was in absolutely no place to meditate. I was in absolutely no place to like go inward or like think about existential things in my life, right? So that that's how you get there. And it's so powerful. And it's great for people like me who have the most active brain who just have to do something active before they can get into, I can't just go from my crazy day to laying down to meditating. I can't do it. I need a transition. And that is a great transition. And then it'll help with your anxiety and depression. Because what happens is each time you clear something, you heal something, you kind of move up on the ladder of peace and you experience less and less anxiety and depression around those things. It's just one of my favorite things to do, and I recommend it to anyone, whether you're experiencing anxiety, depression, anger, resentment, whatever you're holding on to, this really helps you let it go. Love that. All right. Thanks so much, Food Heals Nation. Um, We've got some other amazing guests on this episode, so stay tuned. We're not wrapping up yet. Next up, I'm talking to DNA healer Lisa Thomas. All right, Food Heals Nation, I hope you're enjoying part two of our Overcoming Anxiety mini-series, I guess I would call it. Are Whitney and Melissa amazing or what? I love hanging out with them in the studio. They bring all the knowledge and their personal experiences to the table to share with us. And there are so many ways that you can manage anxiety as we're learning in today's episodes with our special guests, but I want to make sure that we mention CBD. You may remember last week's episode where we talked to JJ and Bo Schmidt, one of the founders of Sunday Scary CBD 
gummies. CBD is everywhere right now for a good reason. You know, for a lot of people, it provides relief for countless ailments, anxiety being one of them. And while taking CBD drops in the form of a tincture is the most common method, I've been having a lot of fun chewing on the Sunday Scaries Vegan AF CBD gummies. It can be difficult to gauge the correct amount if you're taking a tincture, but Sunday Scaries just takes the guesswork out of it. You can take one to three vegan gummies, couple of deep breaths, and within 20 to 30 minutes, you're well on your way to feeling amazing and calm. And it's also easier to share the gummies than it is to share a dropper. Your friends come over, people are asking me for some gummies every time I just bust out the bottle. And something else people always ask, well, do the gummies get you high? And the answer is absolutely no. There's no THC in these. I'm not anti, but I'm not a fan. There's no THC, just relaxing CBD. So if you want to learn more, go to sundayscaries.com, check them out for yourself. And right now we're talking to DNA energy healer, Lisa Thomas, on how to combat anxiety. And she's got some great tips for us. You're listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, I'm here with Lisa. If you haven't heard her phenomenal episode, go back to 215 and check it out. But today, I want to ask Lisa about anxiety and depression because Lisa has actually helped me <laughs> with a lot of that. <laughs> so oh, welcome. Welcome, Lisa. I'm excited to be here. I love you. I love your mission and your purpose. And it really is, I treat this as an honor. Like I feel like it's a blessing to have you in my life. Oh, back at you. And so Food Heals Nation, if you don't know, Lisa does DNA energy healing, and I'll let her tell us more about it. But I go see her maybe like once every two months. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like therapy and counseling, but it's much, much deeper. And one of the things that she's helped me with is finding my words and things that I need to say when I'm not brave enough to say it. And so if you're listening right now, and you are looking for that next level of help, Lisa is highly recommended by me, but if you just (laughs) want some tips, we're going to go into those today. So Lisa, tell everyone, remind everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm an inherited energy expert. And what that means is I have the privilege of working with talented people like you, Allison, from all walks of life to release inherited patterns that are keeping you from going to the next level, that keep you from maybe even inherited anxiety. And I do that by uh, using kinesiology and different techniques because I believe that we don't need to hold on to these things. I call it a tender mercy to release inherited patterns that have just been passed down through the bloodline, through our cell memory at no fault of our own. We didn't do anything wrong to it and inherit it, nor did our ancestors pass it down to us on purpose. And the beautiful thing is we don't have to keep it. Yes, that's my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) So from your perspective, what is anxiety and where does it really come from? Well, of course, there's inherited patterns of anxiety. And we could put it in a technical term. It's in our epigenetics. And our epigenetics is the way our DNA expresses itself. And it's based on how our ancestors experience their life. That's what the epigenetics is about. And they're called informational tags and they can be released. But let's go maybe think about it more on a personal term. What I have noticed over many years and my own experience with anxiety, I don't know if I've ever told you, Alison, I suffered from anxiety for a very long time and depression, but that is because I did not own who I am. And that often happens when we don't step forward and declare who we really are. If we oppress who we are, it will trigger anxiety. The other thing I feel is that 
Anxiety shows up when we feel we need to be in control over every situation. We have a need to control life, a need maybe even to control people in our life. And this triggers anxiety, the need to be in charge because of the fear of the unexpected, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the what if. And our feelings of this give power to this false sense of security that we need to control. And you know this, Allison, in working with me, I don't say with anxiety, well, you just need to let go. Right, right. right. But what we can do and what my intention with my clients is to build courage, build strength, build confidence, because the truth is life changes. We live in an ever-changing world and we are not meant to stay in one place and we're not meant to control other people's lives. So when we work on ourselves and we release some of that energy or we are able to identify it, then it builds our confidence. That gives us the courage to allow life and experience life without going into this overwhelming anxiety feeling. So what are some ways that we can release it? How does this sound? I share with you three different ways that I deal with my own anxiety. So I've worked on this for many years and I can go a long time and then boom, I'll wake up with anxiety. And I'm like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? And it's kind of an ebb and flow. So, you you know, first of all, we just kind of need to acknowledge it, all right? I mean, if you can, go out for a walk. That's not even one of my tips, but just go out for a walk. Get out of yourself. Go lean against a tree, okay? (laughs) But I'm going to give you three tips, and they're a little different, and they're simple, and they're fast. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Okay, (laughs) all right. But you know what I do, and I'm a little bit different, and that's what these tips are. Great. Okay? All right. The first one is you're going to count to 12 and you're going to say each number, one, you can pause or take a breath, two, three. You're going to count all the way to 12. You see, number 12 is a very balancing number to the subconscious and the energy system. It brings you connection to your heart space and it allows you to pause enough to get connected in your body. This is so interesting because a long time ago, a hypnotherapist told me about the trick to falling asleep was to count to 12 on Mm. the clock, but follow the clock in your mind, and somehow it rested you. And he said something about the number 12 being very like calming or something. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's, it's a spiritual number. It's calming and it brings balance. So there you go. You can do that anytime. That is really interesting. Count to 12. Mm -hmm. And I do do it. I still do the clock thing if I can't fall asleep. (laughs) I think it works because I don't remember when I stopped counting the clock. So (laughs) I must drift off. All right. That's a great one. What else you got? The next thing is, if you've experienced anxiety, you know the feeling of literally not feeling connected. Like it's out of control. It's something beyond you. And you feel like you can't get a grasp on it. So the next thing I do now, this is a technique in kinesiology. Often, really what you are experiencing is a disconnect for, with the spirit and the body. And so what you do is, and this is an exercise you're going to do as I speak it. So take your hand, the palm of your hand, and put it flat on the top of your head. Okay. Now, close your hand. On the top of your head. And what does it do? It pulls a handful of hair. And then you pulse it a little bit and it lifts the hair up at the root, right? What that does when you do this is it tells your spirit to get down into your body. Just put your fingers through your hair, close your hand, pull your hair up, and it looks like you're fluffing the top of your head. 
That's all you have to do. And that is great if you are sensitive to the energy of others. It really helps you in a large group. So is it grounding? It's very grounding. It's bringing your spirit down into your feet. It connects you 100% to yourself. All right. Now, for men, you take the knuckle of your predominant hand and you just tap on the top of your head. It's the governing meridian. So you can tap all along the top of your head or where the baby spot is, you know, softness is. I actually do this a lot because it feels good. So go ahead and do that. It's a really nice feeling. Are you a fan of tapping and EFT in general? I'm a big fan of that, but that's not what we're doing here. Okay. Yeah, I am a fan of tapping. I've written tapping exercises for clients. Okay, so we're doing this, and and it's doing the same thing that it does if the woman is pulling the hair. Or men pull their hair, absolutely. So you ready for number three? Yes. I call this my heaven and earth exercise. And what this does is it really brings an awareness. It brings you back to center. It's connecting the tangible with the intangible, all right? So Mother Earth has a healing energy to her, and heaven's energy, source energy, also has a knowingness with it. And you combine the two and it brings balance. So this exercise is incredibly powerful because it really helps with all aspects of your life. And it applies Mm. to anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter what your job is, where you live. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, how old you are. I mean, everybody experiences overwhelm and anxiety at some time in their life. Okay, whether you're the busy mother, whether you're the CEO, this is really good. So what you do is you reach up with your right hand straight above your head okay, and you open and close your hand. And then as you pull down your arm, you imagine that you are pulling heaven's energy down through the top of your head. And this energy is white with beautiful gold flecks and it comes all the way down. And then at your heart space, just stop for a second there. Okay. Then what you do is you take both arms with your hands open and you just like you're scooping up earth's energy and you're bringing her energy up through the bottom of your feet. Now, this is a quick exercise. I could teach this for 10 minutes. This is a quick exercise to bring balance when you're experiencing anxiety. If you want to go deeper, imagine your feet have tree roots and you're going down to the center of the earth. But right now, you're going to get the same effect. You're just going to scoop up her energy through the bottom of your feet. And you're going to get so good at this, you will start to feel tingling on the inside. So you bring her energy up through the bottom of your feet, your knees, your hips, and then boom. It combines with heaven's energy in your heart space. And then I want you to imagine that this combined energy is coming up the front of your body, all the way over your head, down the back. I was already experiencing the tingling. Uh, I love it. (laughs) Yep. I do a lot of um, guided meditation, so I know what this feels like. And they're very similar where you are the roots and then you're pulling down the light. and, And it's very, very you know, grounding, like we said, but also like it brings you a lot of peace. And when we're having an anxiety attack or we're super worried about something, we can't come out of it. Those are some of the most powerful techniques. (laughs) It sure is. It really is. And counting to 12 during a panic attack will really help you because it gets you out of that fear bait. It brings you to the center point. Yeah. And like, we're not saying it's going to solve whatever is causing Mm -mm. the anxiety. Like Mm -mm. if someone, you know, is in the hospital, like it's not going to make them get better, but it's about how you're going to be able to show up. That's right. That is so true. And I'm sure you've talked about your whole podcast is is about health, right? And if you suffer from anxiety and depression at the same time, there's a good chance you're pretty addicted to caffeine because you need the, the caffeine to wake you up. 
get you going. And then over time, that's overstimulating your adrenals and your nervous system. So I'm not going to say don't drink caffeine, but I would look at the source of caffeine in which you are getting it from and really go to the natural source versus your, you know, the sodas and the dark sodas and those things like that. Go to the green teas and and that type of caffeine. Yeah. Even for me, if I have a big day or something I might be nervous about that I know is going to make me nervous, then I will not drink caffeine or coffee or anything because it makes me extra nervous. It makes my heart pound and it won't do that on a typical day if I'm in a place of peace or just- It's so true. And it can be something positive. Like it can be a positive positive, excited nervousness. It doesn't exactly. always have to be negative, but then it gets the heart going way too hard and then it just contributes to the anxiety and then I can't get it down. Is so true. Yeah. So skip yeah. the coffee. On Good advice. Days. Skip the coffee. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had my first, when I was younger, I had my first panic attack. I was doing the Santa Monica stairs. Oh, really? And boom, I had a really awful panic attack. And I was out exercising. What was I afraid of? I have no idea to this day. And that's the point. Panic attacks don't give you warning and they don't share with you why it's happening. <laughs> right, right. If sometimes it can be something got triggered from childhood and you don't you even don't know even what know. it is. But mm-hmm. maybe Lisa, you're on the steps when something very traumatic maybe. happened in your childhood that you had repressed. <laughs> I don't know. It's so true. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Well, can I add a number four? Sure. Number four is that these are always going to work. But if you need next level help in your life, you can work with Lisa like I do and like many other of my friends and Food Heals Nation members now do as well. Thank you. So that was a segue so you can tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me at lisathomasenergyhealing.com. And if you want to get $100 off a DNA healing session with Lisa, just mention Food Heals. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. And it's foodhealsnation.com slash Lisa to book your appointment. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.